Hi there. My name is Mireya Perez, and I aspire to create a platform where language service providers can tell their stories and where listeners can find inspiration and creativity. This podcast is dedicated to you, the language professional that desires to listen to the journeys of others in order to create their own path and personal branding. Here, I'll feature an array of guests from all fields of interpretation, as well as translation, willing to share their stories with you. Join me as we embark on professional and personal development by telling our stories. This is the Brand the Interpreter podcast. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode will be a little different, and because of this, I'd like to open a little differently. Today I want to send out a few shoutouts because I want you to know I see you tuning in out there. So, hello, Guatemala, Italy, Turkey, Germany, Mexico, Canada, Argentina, Spain, France, Egypt, Chile, Saudi Arabia, Japan, Cuba, Taiwan, Brazil, and Russian Federation. Thank you for supporting me. I hope you continue to tune in. All right, guys. I hope you know that this was the hardest audio edit that I've done so far. Just throwing it out there. But more importantly, I hope you enjoy it. So, without further ado, here's the story behind Brand the Interpreter with yours truly. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again. Today's episode is going to be a little different, mainly because not only will I be your host, I also happen to be your guest for today. And that wasn't planned. That came about last minute uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances. As we know in the life of the interpreter, Uh, sometimes assignments run a little longer or you get called out for urgent or emergency assignments and uh, that may change your schedule completely. And that happened to be the case for a couple of people that I had scheduled earlier in the week uh, whose material was supposed to be prepared for this Wednesday. And so here I am because I really do want to make sure that I'm creating something that is consistent and that I can send out on a consistent basis. And so I had to improvise. So I ask that you please be a little patient with me. If you can tell that I'm a little nervous, it's because I am. Even though it's just me, the computer and the microphone, somehow in my mind, I'm on stage and there's a live audience. So I apologize if I sound a bit nervous. I'm not really one to willingly want to take the stage. I will if I have to, and with much preparation, much preparation, but um, it's not something that I will uh, raise my hand for, which leads me to how Brand the Interpreter was born, because it wasn't something that I jumped at, you know, right from the get-go. Like, this was a work in progress to get to that point, 
And it started about a year ago without me knowing it, it had already started. I was at a training of trainers out in Maryland. And at the end of the program, it entails the trainers getting on stage, right, per se, um, getting on stage and then receiving feedback on the presentation that was given, which is great. You sit down with the main trainers and uh, the other classmates fill out a form, a feedback form and things that you could improve for your presentation. And I got several feedback forms back, but one of them, after it was all said and done and I went back uh, to my hotel room and went through them one by one, one of them really stood out for me because it read just like that in one sentence, take the stage more often. And it, it really hit me because I thought, wow, like what, what is that? How did that come about? Right? I mean, how did that person think to even write that? And I think it may have resulted because I remember saying the exact same thing that I just shared with you guys is that I don't like to take the stage. I A lot of the work that has developed in the organization that I currently work for has been done with uh, me utilizing someone else as the person that presents the information. I enjoy the behind the scenes approach for myself and then putting something together, packaging it up and giving it to someone else to present. Typically that would have been like my supervisor or a colleague of mine. And so I think having shared that and then gave my presentation to the team is perhaps what incited this person to, to write that down. And let me tell you that to this day, as you can see, that little phrase really resonated with me because I thought, you know, it's one thing to tell your story, right? And that someone else tells your story for you and perhaps it may have impact, but perhaps it may not have the same impact as if you tell your own story. And I thought there might be something with that, right? And so that was the end of really that, that, that moment. Um, I just remember the message resonating with me and and thinking, I think what this means for me is that once I come back and give out this training, you know, it's a confirmation that I need to push this training to happen. So the training occurs in our organization to over 25 participants, um, bilingual staff members that are performing the duties of an interpreter, right? They have dual roles. The feedback there was great. Um, we gave them tools that they needed in order to be able to perform their interpreting assignments with confidence. It felt great. I thought, okay, that this is great. I'm done. This was the, I took the stage. I followed the advice, the feedback that was given. I took the stage. I'm done. But then a couple of months later, I was approached by someone that was putting together a conference out in Orange County, California for interpreters and translators in the field of education and this person said, you know, it would be really great if you could share the structures and the systems that you've created in your organization, which, by the way, in case 
you don't know, I happen to be a trained interpreter in a K through 12 school district out in California. And I thought, a conference? Like, you want me to be a part of your conference with like more than 25 people? Mind you, the 25 people that I trained in my school district, some of them I know, so I kind of felt comfortable given this training. But going out to a conference and a live audience with people that I didn't know, like triple gulp, right? I thought, no, I mean, I it'd be great, but I don't see myself, you know, leading a, a workshop, a breakout session is what it was at, um, at your conference. And she said, you know, well, think about it. I'd love to have you. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll think about it. I mean, I had thought about it. I did think about it. And the thought was like, there is no way I can do that. I'd get stage fright. And so time passed and we happened to meet up again. And she said, hey, have you put any thought into having a breakout session? And I thought, you know, I, I'd love to be able to maybe put something together, but I just don't know if it's going to come out right. And if, are people really going to want to listen to what I have to say, Right. And she thought, I really do think that they will, right? It would be a great information. And, and uh, there's several people from school districts that, that come to this uh, training, obviously. It's, it's at a county office of education. So I think you will have enough people to come out. Anyway, guys, by the third time that we met, it was no longer a question. This person said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but since you didn't give me a definite no, you're already on the program. I need a title, right? I'm going to need a title. Uh, I've already submitted it to the committee and I need you to put together basically a description of the breakout session. And my heart starts racing and I thought, oh my gosh. And I said, okay, all right, I'll, 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 I'll put something together for you. And fast forward to the day of the event, I can't tell you guys the feedback that was given to me after the breakout sessions. I had to, uh, same presentation, two different times. It was invigorating to know that there are actually people out there who you can help with your story, with your tools, with your experience. And I remember after the whole thing, thinking how selfish of me to think that what I've done or what I've created or the experiences that I've had wouldn't perhaps translate to being able to help others. Like, And I thought, what if I can do more? You know, all of a sudden it became this... I I have to be able to give this out more, but how? That was like the main question that was brewing in my mind. Like, how do I give out more of this? Because if people said, yeah, uh, you've inspired me too, or, you know, I've, I've done that, but I haven't tried this. And I think I'm going to go back to my school district or my school or my organization and attempt that. And the basis of the workshop, by the way, was telling your story, Right. That, that was the basis of the workshop was branding the interpreter role in your school or school district by telling your story. And so I thought, I mean, yeah, I could go out to other conferences 
will try to go out to other conferences, but then that's based on whether or not the proposal gets accepted. So that wouldn't really be an assurance of me being able to give out any more information, right? And I dabbled with that for a few months. Like, what is another better approach? And I kid you not, one day it just hit me like a lightning bolt because um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was doing. To be honest, I think I was at the gym. And I heard a voice say, what about a podcast? And I, I sat there for a little bit like, a podcast? And I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about in the past about the imposter syndrome, okay? But if there is an example or the example of the imposter syndrome play out in my life, this was the moment, okay? I don't know what I was looking like to the rest of the people in the gym, but the dialogue went a little bit something like this. A podcast? Yeah, a podcast. That would be great. Like, that would be a great platform. You know, you'd be able to share, eventually share out your story, but more importantly, other people's story would be able to be shared out. Like I, I could, um, invite people just like with conferences, except we don't have to necessarily wait that long or, and so I'm going back and forth and then enter the imposter girl, stop. What are you thinking right now? Like it probably costs a lot of money to buy that equipment. You don't even know what kind of technological resources you need. Leave that for the pros. And then the other voice. Yeah, but I mean, I like to read. <laughs> um, I'm not afraid of technology. I, there's a bunch of YouTube stuff. I bet I could find how to put together a podcast on YouTube because people are out there willing to share their experiences and their knowledge for free. I think I could do it. Uh, yeah, no. Why don't you just go back to, you know, spending your weekends reading your book and that's, it's so filling, it's so good. That's safer. Think about you're going to put your voice and project it out into the world. Let's just say you get to figure out how to put together a podcast and then you're going to put your voice out there into who knows where and who's going to listen to it, stop it. You can't do this. And so I just thought, yeah, I can. All of a sudden, it became a challenge. Like, yeah, I can. And let me tell you, I had to put scotch tape, masking tape, gorilla tape, you name it, over the mouth of this imposter in order for me to be able to move forward. I said, I'm going to do this. And not only am I going to just say that I'm going to do this, I'm going to tell others I'm going to do this. There has to be follow-up to this. So I'm going to throw it out there in all my social media platforms that this is happening. This is my deadline that I'm going to give myself and that this is going to roll out. It has to roll out because I've put myself out there. And I did everything I could you name it. Like I read, I signed up for, I paid, I did whatever I could to be able to learn as much as I could. I, I started looking into, you know, those interesting stories of people that are out there doing great things in our profession, uh, all things language access, not just 
the interpreter aspect, but the translator aspect, uh, localization, healthcare interpreters, people that are have created language access plans, um, people making movements in their organizations. I mean, suddenly it was like all these stories were out there, you know, for, for the grabbing. And I thought, I'm just going to start sending out invitations. Like, this is a thing already. Like, it already exists. And cross my fingers that someone says yes. You guys, I can't tell you... I really can't tell you what it meant to have that first person say, absolutely, absolutely, I'm so happy you're doing this, this is great. I mean, again, if you want to talk about confirmations, right, the, the um, be feeling assured that what you're doing is the right thing, this idea of a tribe or a community of people coming together to help you push your idea through or encourage you to do what you think, ah, maybe it's a little out of your league. And to have this pool of people be able to pull you through and say, oh no, yeah, you can absolutely do this. It's, it's really beyond words. And so Brand the Interpreter is born out of a collection of things that happened, of events that occurred that all came together at one point and said, this is the moment. And so here we are today with uh, episode number three, which to me is like two more episodes than I thought I would, heck, three more episodes than I ever thought uh, we'd have. Within eight days of launching, um, I had about 300 downloads of the episodes. Yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. It really has been. And, and I know it's been short, but even hearing the feedback from the social media platforms of people that had listened to the podcast and with just having had two guests on the show, but already the valuable information that has been given... And to know that people are able to take away whatever they need from other people's stories in order to encourage them to do something different, to take a different approach, to do something new, to expand what they've already created, that for me is so fulfilling because I know that there's so many stories out there that have yet to be told and that I've created a platform where we can do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, oh, like conferences. I love conferences. And I think that's really where a lot of this stemmed was from me wanting to uh, hear more stories, right? To hear other people's, uh, if they shared it with us, how they got to where they were today. When, if they were there presenting, if it was a keynote speaker, like, me wanting to know, so you went from point A to point B, and we usually hear the point B part, here I am, this is what I'm doing, this is where, what I do uh, for a living, and now we could see also, if they're out there presenting, that they've gotten to that point. I was also interested, though, in the middle part, in the story between point A and point B. What did these people do in order to get there, right? What was their 
vision? What were their steps? What were the steps that were taken? What did you study? What did you look into? Um, who did you collaborate with? Just all those details. I was so interested in that. And conferences are great, but they're also expensive. And uh, worldwide, I think we all wish that we could attend each and every conference related to our profession. But I think the fact is, at least for me, I can't afford to go out to all these conferences, all these great conferences, not just conferences, but trainings. And I remember having a thought one day, like, am I really the only one that wants to hear people's story of how they got to where they're at? Of course, that was an obvious response. Like, I, I bet it isn't. And I go back to doing the training or having that workshop at the conference. That was confirmation enough that people are out there wanting to know what you did in order to get the result that you got. You know, show me the steps, guide me. Or even if it's not specifically the result that they want to get, whatever your result was, but being able to hear your story of what you did in order to get your result and maybe inspire some creativity in them and how they could do something a little bit differently to what they're already working on. Or what if it's someone that is barely wanting to get into the field and really has no idea where to tap into or who to tap into to be able to teach them the rope so that they don't have to start the wheel all over again. And I feel like as language professionals, I personally feel that the reason why I got involved was because of my desire to want to help others. I mean, I'm going to take it way back, but when I was young, and I'm sure many of you can relate, I started interpreting for um, my mother when she started having to go to court. Now I can't remember what the heck we were in court for, to be honest, probably tickets, but I remember showing up to court one day and I must have been 14, I want to say, maybe 15. And talk about stage fright in front of the judge, you guys. Like, I, it was, I was a hot mess. And she took me there and, um, you know, we, we, they ended up calling an interpreter, obviously, a trained interpreter to come in and assist. And as we were leaving the courthouse, I remember looking to a bulletin board that they had there. And there was this flyer, you know, then, and the flyer, the main question there was, are you bilingual? It was like one of those infomercials, you know, like everything that they ask, you're like, yeah, do you need this? Yeah. Are you suffering from that? Uh-huh. Right? Like, so the flyer was like something like that. It was like three questions maybe, but the main one was, are you bilingual? And then it closed with, you know, become a court interpreter. And I just, rem I remember that moment. Nothing came of it shortly thereafter. I didn't, I didn't look into, into it at that age or anything like that. I didn't look into it until years later, right? Um, where I was at a crossroads in my life where I, I asked myself, like, what now? right? And for me, I thought the only thing that I had to give was the fact that I was bilingual. And that moment of seeing that flyer on that bulletin board in that courthouse led me into the interpreter program. 
And that's basically how it all started, was me thinking that that's really what I had to give, was uh, why well, I have two languages, I just need to improve. I figured it, I was going to need to go to school for it. And so I enrolled in this community program. It was community a community interpreting program out in Riverside, California. And that really was the basis to my career, knowing that this was a profession, a profession that involved something that I already had and that I could enhance. I felt like I belonged. And uh, anyway, the rest is history. You know, I started as a um, medical interpreter after I got certified through MBCMI. I became a uh, certified medical interpreter and started in the medical field. And then through one thing led to another, and I ended up in the education field. Walking into an organization as a trained, whatever it may be, in this case, of course, as a trained interpreter, coming from an organization that has established rules and guidelines, protocols for not just the interpreters, but also people that work with an interpreter, and into an organization where you're still being called a translator for an interpreting assignment. Talk about a challenge. It's definitely been one of the biggest challenges in my career is creating awareness of the profession in the field of education. But it's taught me definitely so much. It's taught me, obviously, the sense of community. In the workshop that I give, I talk about, you know, you cannot be a one-man show. You have to make connections. We have to be able to collaborate, not just with other individuals within your organization to make a movement, but also outside of your organization to make a movement. I remember walking into my first IEP, which FYI, in uh, the field of education, we absolutely love acronyms. IEP stands for Individualized Education Plan, or in some places it's it stands for Individualized Education Program. And I walk into my first IEP and wow, you know, this kid had medical conditions, which with my background coming coming in as a certified medical interpreter, I thought, you know, the terminology was there only because this is what I was trained to do. What I was not trained to do is working with people that didn't know how to work with an interpreter. And it was an entire table filled with all kinds of specialists. You know, you had a social worker, you had an occupational therapist, you had a um, psychologist, right? You had the teacher, you had the principal, you had the case manager, you had counselors, you had um, outside agencies present because they were they were there to support the student. I mean, you name it, this student had it. And that in itself, walking into an experience like that wasn't so much a surprise because coming from the medical field, you do have doctor-patient conferences where, you know, end of life, or if they're going to explain the condition of a patient, you know, there's there's a team of people there. So that piece wasn't that surprising. It was being railroaded in that room because no one knew how to work through an interpreter. I mean, 
people were having side conversations, um, one speaking over another, being handed paperwork for me to read when it should have been somebody else explaining the document. And coming from the experience of, like I mentioned, there was organization with working with an interpreter down to how assignments were were given to interpreters, right? To showing up to the patient's room and having the medical staff brief the interpreter before walking into the patient's room to walking into something like that. That moment was a trigger point for me. And I thought, we have to do something. This is, I wasn't the only interpreter there at the time. There was another trained interpreter as well. And um, we had to team up. And we had to make, try to at least, uh, try to make some change. And so that's really, it's just giving you a little history of where I come from in terms of um, the interpreting field and uh, a little bit of the experience that, that I continue to have because it isn't a done deal yet. Big changes take time. And that's something that uh, we've had to learn throughout the years, particularly with changes happening in the field of education all the time, staff changes, administrator changes. Um, We're constantly having to seek support and constantly having to continue to raise awareness of the profession in the field. So anyway, today's episode really had more to do with um, how the podcast was created, really had to do with encouraging you guys to Go out there and tell your story, to go out there and share your knowledge and give it out to someone else because you never know who out there is really needing your words of wisdom, your advice, your experience to encourage them to go out there and do the same. I mean, you know, if we are able to speak and that word or those words inspire others' creativity or motivation or hope or inspiration, right? Like, I think we've done a good deed at that point. So I really do hope that the Brand the Interpreter podcast is doing exactly that for you guys. I hope that you're getting something out of it. Know that I continue to seek out and search people that would be willing to come on the podcast and share their story with you from all fields of not just interpreting, as I mentioned, all fields that are language access related. If you know of anyone that's interested in sharing their story, or perhaps if you know of someone whose story sounds great and it would be great to be able to share it out on this platform, tag me or tag them on the Brand the Interpreter uh, podcast social media platforms. It would be great. I promise you that I will do my absolute best to reach out to them and convince them to come on the show. Um, And that's really it, you guys. That's really it for today's episode. I just wanted to take the opportunity. I was kind of forced to, but nonetheless, take the opportunity to share a little background on how this came to be and what my intention is through this platform. And thank you. Take the opportunity to also say thanks for tuning in, for sharing it if you've shared it, and know that it means a lot because it encourages me and it encourages the guests that come on the show to accept my invitation, knowing that 
there are actual listeners, more than my two colleagues out there listening in and, um, and cheering me on. So thank you again for taking the opportunity, for taking time in your day to tune in and to listen to Brand the Interpreter. Hey, and I hope that it encourages you to go out there and tell your story. All right, guys, till next time. Well, that concludes today's episode, you guys. But before I go, I'd like to share a story with you. Once, a group of 50 people was attending a seminar. Suddenly, the speaker stopped and decided to do a group activity. He started giving each person a balloon. Each one was asked to write his or her name on it using a marker. Then, all the balloons were collected and put in another room. Next, the attendees were led into that room and asked to find the balloon that had their name on it within five minutes. Everyone was frantically searching for their name, colliding with each other, pushing around others, and there was utter chaos. At the end of five minutes, not a single person could find their own balloon. Later, everyone was asked to randomly collect a balloon and give it to the person whose name was written on it. Within minutes, everyone had their own balloon. The speaker reflected on what this exercise meant. This, he said, is exactly what's happening in all of our lives. Everyone is frantically looking around for happiness, but no one knows where to find it. Our happiness lies in the happiness of other people. Give them their happiness, and in return, you will get your own happiness. And this is the purpose of human life. So, share your story. Brand the Interpreter. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Till next time, bye-bye.